Life's a Mitch. G'day guys, welcome back to episode 26 of Life's a Mitch. So last time, spoke to Elizabeth Crowther, or as she referred to herself as the pet psychic from England. So she's been on TV all around the world. She has her own radio show and a bit of a celebrity in the English uh, community. So check that one out. She told some amazing stories and gave an online psychic reading, which I thought was interesting. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Check it out. Her socials are in the bio of last week. So this week, coming back home, coming back down under. Um, as we know, we always like to have a diverse range of people with cool stories to tell. So I hopped back on that matchmaker.fm and I've searched for some people back home. And uh, this uh, lovely lady, uh, as her profile came up and it seemed like she'd have a cool story to tell in terms of entrepreneurship, um, filmmaking and business improvement. So without further ado, could I get you to introduce yourself and uh, what it is that you're on that website to try and achieve? please. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, Mitch. Pleasure no to be here with you. No and so my name is Rachel Tapscott, better known as that camera girl in the online space, which is the videography business that I run. And through that, I got onto Matchmaker because I run my own podcast called the Mindset Mastery Podcast. And initially I wanted to find guests of my own to be on my show. And then I took like months to really actually put together a guest um, profile for myself because it was something that I was really scared to, you know, transition from the host to the guest. But I thought, well, you know, it's something that I think I need to do for myself, get out there, do more talking myself. So eventually got up enough guts to create a profile and just see what happened from there. Yeah, how's it uh, how's it been received so far? Yeah, good. I've been on a handful of podcasts, including yours, since I put the profile out there. And it's just such a great way to actually connect with so many awesome people. And I don't know, I got into this world of podcasting initially, you know, from listening to other people's podcasts, but just being able to connect with so many different people around the world in my own show and like talking about other shows, it's I feel like it's a whole other world, a whole other level. So it's been really awesome so far. That's cool. It's, it's um, you know, one thing I've found is that um, it can absolutely take you to all sorts of, so I've only been in for less than six months and I've already met, as we were just speaking about before recording, Turk and JD from Scrubs. Um, I met, you know, I got to go on um, Mastermind TV show, talk about the podcast there. And, you know, it's like I get to get Mark, Mark Fennell himself said he's going to come on in a few months. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, so it's been cool. So before you started, what were some of the potties that you were sort of tuning into? So I think the very first podcast I listened to was called Finding Mastery by David Gervais, I, I believe. And that was all about interviewing people who became masters in their field and I'm kind of a personal development junkie I would say so I got into that on my long drives between Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast if you are a local in Australia you'll you'll know um, those locations but I found um, you know that was the first one and then I branched out into other kind of personal development podcasts I think everyone dabbles in a bit of true crime as well and just for a bit of um, um, entertainment and then, yeah, just finding value in other people's stories and things that other people have learned that I could take into my own life. It was a really inspiring way to spend a two-hour drive, I would say, but that's when I first got into it. And I guess it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to do a podcast myself, but it took a number of years. It took COVID happening before I ever actually dived into that. That's cool. I, yeah, I, it's similar for me. Like I, I, won't, I know it's your story and I'll just digress for a second here because... 
that's what I do. I'm sorry. And, um, you know, in terms of COVID, it's like humanity's had a reset. And a lot of people realized a lot of things it's like I can do my work from home or, you know, there's a project I've been putting off and off and off. And with all this free time now, you know, maybe it's time to, to do that thing. So, you know, kudos to you for, for just stepping into a realm that's, you know, it's completely different. And uh, just, I wanted to ask you, so what's, what's the, the idea behind that camera girl.com? Is it, it's training, it's, it's, it's a cool story. So can you explain to us what sort of, what that is, please? Yeah, absolutely. So it all kind of started when I went freelancing as a videographer and just even behind the name, actually, you know how, you know, most people were not great with names. So people would always call me the camera girl because I was generally the only camera girl in the area. And it kind of just transitioned eventually when I was choosing a business name. Um, I started there and then changed it to that camera girl. And it started as providing video services for clients. And then again, COVID happened and the business really kind of transformed then in a direction I was already going to take it, but I suppose it propelled it forward because we couldn't actually go out, have access to clients, set up a film shoot. We're all working at home now. So the learning and education side of it was kind of born out of COVID. Um, So it is a mixture of providing video services for people and also helping people feel more confident in front of the camera and being able to put video in their business with basic tools. All you need is an iPhone, you know, to be able to put video in your business. So it's around giving people the confidence and the tools they need to get themselves out there on camera. Cool. I might have to get you to help me out with mine. I thought, so one, you get, you get called that camera girl. I get called that dickhead. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and two, I always thought with an iPhone for, for the perfect selfie, it was an acute angle for an acute guy, 45 degrees of handsome. (laughs) Sorry. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So, okay. So in terms of videography and some of the work you've done is there like any sort of really standout projects that you've worked on that you're really proud of so far oh that is a good question um see i suppose a lot of the work i do is helping people create online courses for their business so not that there's been like this big kind of blockbuster type video that i've created but just helping people get their message out there and like look of what you do with the podcast and helping people tell their story. That is a big part of what I love doing with my work as a videographer. And I guess there's no one project itself that stands out, but there are a number of clients, I suppose, that stand out that have come to me and they're so nervous about getting on camera for the first time. And then we work through that process, whether it's in an interview format, whether, you know, we, sit down with an auto cube teleprompter and help them get their story out there. The transformational um, process that I've been able to take some people through, that is what's really been standout for me, I suppose, like helping someone go from, I am so scared to talk on camera to, you know what, that was actually a really great experience. I can't wait to do it again. And then see them grow and put themselves out online. I'd say that's the most rewarding part about what I get to do. That's cool. So from the walk of shade to the stride of pride, that's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's it. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, as you said, like to see 
your clients grow and like i'm sure in that time you've made some awesome uh, relationships with people as well and possibly made some friendships and stuff out of it too i'd imagine which i don't know good on you for uh, making it work and uh, that's really cool and um so before this all started you uh what do you had to do like a few years of study did you or how did you how did you get set on this path where, where did it all begin for you yeah so i did study at university i studied film television and radio and it was something that I kind of fell into by accident in high school. I only chose a film and TV course as a blood subject because all my friends were doing it. I couldn't fit my other subjects in um, with my timetable. So for whatever reason, I chose film and TV and then I ended up loving it. And then as I was leaving school, you know, you're kind of pushed just to choose what you want to do with the rest of your life, whether you really know what you want to do or not. And I knew that I loved using a camera and I thought, okay, somehow I want to make a career out of this. So I found a film TV radio degree to do at uni and going through that the whole time I knew that I just wanted to work with a camera. So pretty much from day one, when they put a camera in our hands, I knew that somehow this is going to be my career path, though I didn't really know what that would look like at the time. And then the easiest job at the time to get as a chem operator leaving uni was to work in regional news as a chem operator and editor. So that's where the whole career started. I worked in regional news on the Sunshine Coast. I say regional, although that's probably, you know, a little city in itself. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's where it all started. Um, You know, running around with a camera, you know, annoying the community with (laughs) the news turning up, (laughs) whether they want you there or not. But yeah, that was um, the very first job that I had uh, covering all kinds of, you know, community events on the Sunshine Coast and even the things that you didn't necessarily want to cover, you know, fatal crashes, bushfires, things like that. You sent out, you never know what the day is going to throw at you really when you're working in news. Yeah, it'd be, yeah. I mean, news just in, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's like, well, hang on, champion, I'll just uh, take my take my time. So, yeah, I'll... Just talking about that whole like emergency thing. Like we, I used to work in emergencies on in like in response for the state government here, and our job was to um, work on one of the busiest roads in New South Wales and pretty much keep the traffic like the the safe. Like, sorry, let me start again. Keeping members of the public safe from all hazards, so like down trees, power lines, road damage, etc. And uh, one day it was uh, just near, just north of the Sydney exit on the M1 and there was a fatality and there was a news copter flying over. There were a couple of news car, news crews rocking up, just letting themselves in the work zone and just absolutely flooding in with the fireys and the paramedics and the forensic coppers. And we're sitting like, cause we did our job. Our job was to just sort of set up the safe area and just let them do their thing. And one come and jammed a microphone in my face. I was like, what can you tell us is what's happened here today? And I just looked at him and said, I just cracked a can of Coke. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're like, what's your yep. role here? I'm like, I oh, just, just looking after the traffic flow, mate, you know? And I just don't know why I said this, but I said for everything else is MasterCard. Classic. But we weren't, I wasn't like authorized to speak on behalf because I didn't know. I'm like, well, mate, I can't talk to you because I don't know. And two, I was like, well, yeah, even if I wanted to, my credibility would be gone because this this five foot something dickhead has no credibility at all. And um, I don't know. So is there like any any like interesting colorful characters that came up whilst your time in the news? 
Oh, so many. Um, <laughs> Any funny yeah, stories? Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, and like in your situation, you know, you we would often go up to anyone who might be willing to talk to us to get a comment, whether they were even related to the situation or not. And I think that's probably something that I struggled with. Normally I would be with a journalist, but when you sit out by yourself, just with the camera and a microphone and trying to get people to talk to you when they're not necessarily keen on doing that, um, that could be quite a challenging experience. And especially going out to um, football games and any kind of sporting events and you're there with a the camera and, you know, every man and his dog there wants to have their five minutes of fame on news. <laughs> so I think that's where some of the colourful characters came from, especially maybe if there was a little bit of alcohol involved in the um, for the spectators watching the events and people wanting to give comment on the game and how the game is going when they're, you know, on the sidelines spectating. We got some quite colourful answers to some things like <laughs> that. <laughs> I remember I was sitting, I'm a, I'm a Mad Sharks fan and I was, remember sitting in a game, Sharks versus, I think it was Newcastle, I think it was playing here. And uh, I'm sitting in the Sharks supporters bay and the local ground camera crew, I think they must have been like for the social media page for the Knights or something. And uh, they just rocked up and started, so mate, you know, what's your thoughts on tonight's game? And it's a guy two rows in front of me. And he's like, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, Newcastle are capitulating. And I just think, I think it was like, you know, uh, Paul Rudder's like, he's, uh, you know, he's not playing up to his full potential. And all you hear is, he's not playing, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then all you hear oh, is, have another crazy. hot dog and sit down, mate. Come on. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. You just got to go, wow. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to experience an Aussie football match to really appreciate that. Any listeners that are not in Australia, so it's oh, um, oh, so like, event. If, if it's one thing I can say about like rugby league or even, even AFL, which is a, a hell of an atmosphere, it's that, you know, you get your passionate supporters, but uh, towns with one team, so like Newcastle, Toowoomba, um, I can't really say New Zealand because, you know, like the Warriors, but like it's just the mentality of the, yeah, no, yeah, like the most <laughs> awkward Australian thing you could hear. Yeah. And if you say anything otherwise, it's just this. So, it, you know, for those of you who don't know what a bogan is, a bogan is like a, I guess you could say an Australian redneck. And um, all you hear is, yeah, no, go Newcastle. <laughs> and it is absolutely horrendous standing there in the crowds they might be 50 points down or you hear rip his head off <laughs> that is so true <laughs> same as afl like it's it's at least at afl some of the fans have a bit of class yeah <laughs> i love rugby league so very much <laughs> it's definitely an experience yeah <laughs> actually i'll be up that way in about three weeks from four weeks for magic round so all mm-hmm. the all the nrl teams congregate to one city to uh play the entire round there so on that suncorp stadium i think it's called so looking yeah. forward to that yeah excellent looking forward to yelling and going go granada yeah um, joining in with all the other the other yelling bogans <laughs> <laughs> i've been mitch kelly now <laughs> <laughs> so okay so what what was Okay, so when you started your podcast, Segway, I'm the Segway King. That was as rough as my ball. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. And we're back. <laughs> so what, okay, so your podcast, can we delve more into like what that is about specifically? What What was the moment you're going, well, bugger it, I'm going to do this. And can you tell us about how your first 
interview went with your first guest and sort of how it's evolved over time and the premise of it and yeah so it's called the mindset mastery podcast so i think it goes without saying we're you know looking to really kind of take control um of our mindset i'm a strong believer that mindset is everything when you're wanting to accomplish anything in life so the whole podcast idea just having a podcast to talk about something that was always in the back of my mind like i said earlier but i never really knew what I wanted to talk about. I didn't really think I had a lot to say, but I always loved interviewing people because a lot of the work that I did was around interviewing and talking to other people. And it was actually in the midst of COVID and I was having a conversation with my dad and I don't even know if it was, it wasn't even related to podcasts and somehow we got onto it and had all this time on my hands because I had no clients at the time, you know, we're in the middle of lockdown and he goes, oh, well, why don't you start a podcast um, you know, to help make connections for your business, something like that. And it, it kind of just dawned on me, you know, why not? Why can't I do this? It doesn't have to be reserved for somebody else. And then I got straight into the, the planning. Okay, going to make this podcast. What am I going to talk about? And my background knowledge is all around camera and video, but I didn't think I had enough substance to really work with that. I was like, what is the thing that overrides everything that I'm really into? And that is the mindset space. Like I said, bit of a personal development junkie. So I wanted to interview people who are experts in that field and get their knowledge around, you know, creating more positive, um, positive mindset in our lives and, you know, reaching goals and doing whatever it is that we feel called to do. So a few of my clients do work in and around the mindset space. So I started there with, you know, the three people that I knew that would say yes to talking to me. And I lined up the first episode, which was with a lady that I've worked with for many years on her online course. And it's all about um, teaching children and adults how to deal with conflict and bullying resolution. And lining up the first episode, I was so nervous that I almost postponed because I got, you know, get into that mindset of, well, you know, maybe this is not what I'm meant to be doing. What if I mess up? What if I forget what I'm going to say? And the whole thing was going to be pre-recorded. So there's, you know, there's no, there's no risk there of even looking silly because I can edit the whole thing, but I went through with it and got through the first episode and it was just really one of the most, um, I'd say fulfilling things to have this idea that at the time it wasn't really pushing for my business. It was just something that I wanted to do because I wanted to do it and I felt passionate about it. And then getting it done and getting the first episode out there was just such an awesome feeling. And then it's just progressed from there. You know, that's um, a few months later, I jumped on the matchmaker.fm to connect with more and more people and just the connections and the great conversations that I get to have with people that also has value for other people who are listening it's just such a great space to be in so yeah it's just something that brings me so much joy and fulfillment I would say hell yeah so before you went to do the mindfulness podcast you had to do some mindfulness there's irony in there somewhere I'm sure exactly absolutely and I'm sitting there literally zoom is running and I've got everything set up and my guest just hasn't logged on yet and I'm going I can't 
pull the plug now when my whole podcast is about mindset and I'm going to let my self-doubt get in the way of doing this. So that was kind of a pep talk I had to give myself because I can't start this whole mindset podcast journey by, you know, (laughs) letting all this negativity and doubt get in the way. Absolutely. And it's funny, like, but you can look back now and you go, well, I can laugh and you can tell you have a cool story to tell about it. So my first one I got, because like, I, you know, I didn't know anyone, like a lot of people in my life are introverts and that's fine. Um, but a few people that I, that were eager to come on, it was my first episode was in my stepbrother. And when I first started this thing, it was loosely going to like me telling stories and me carrying on like a fool, but like, there's only so much content people want to listen to before they go, Woof, mate, you need either therapy or a few dozen schooners in you, either one. <laughs> And um, Nate and I, we just sat down and we spoke about like relate past relationships and just two stepbrothers having banter and carrying on, which was funny, but like that only has a certain demographic it, it could appear to. So I'm like, okay, cool. So over time, it's developed into this, okay, so it was about relationships. Now it's storytelling and you can use that great transition to like, oh yeah, so it's a little bit about your dating history if you're open up to it. And then, you know, then that gets people flowing. So I found that um, if you can find some common ground, chat about it, like the podcasting and stuff like that, and talking about all things you, because this is your story. And it's going to make the guests go, you know what? You know what? I'm, this is all about me. I am. I'm in boss mode now, or whatever it might be. And that's that's what I'm trying to achieve. I'm just trying to achieve like an unscripted, just relaxed vibe, maybe crack a dad joke and see if they laugh at it. And all the while, if it works out, then... Hopefully people can get some easy listening out of this. And uh, I've been Mitch Kelly. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I think that's what it's all about too, not taking it so seriously. I think that was at the start. You know, I listen to all these amazing podcasts that I love, but these people have been doing this for years and, you know, they obviously didn't start where they are now. And just taking a step back and going, you know what? It's just a conversation, especially the first one. It was someone that I'd known for years. It's just a conversation and there's going to be some value in there. It's going to be a good time instead of going, you know, I have to have all these questions ready. It has to be perfect. I don't want to say um too much and overthinking it so dramatically when that's not the point. It's meant to just be something that's enjoyable that is going to be enjoyable for other people too yeah i what if, what's one of the common trends that you've discovered whilst interviewing all of your guests and stuff what's like a common yeah. trend that you found with the mindfulness um, topic of conversation the biggest one is that it all actually comes from within looking for any kind of happiness or fulfillment joy purpose anything outside of ourselves is not going to happen and no matter what topic we talk about like just this morning I was talking to a lady about grief and loss and I've spoken about nutrition Um, I've spoken to many number of life coaches and psychologists and the overarching thing that we always kind of get back to whether directly or not is that it's all about coming from within and finding um, our own purpose and happiness from what we have in the present moment or what can we change and do to move towards that? And we look at happiness and finding fulfillment as something that's a destination in the future so often. And it's like, you know, I will be happy when I get this scholarship. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I get that promotion, when I lose 20 kilos, whatever it might be. We look at it as a destination and then we get there and, you know, you sometimes go, well, 
oh, well, this is it. You know, the fulfillment isn't there and we've lost all that time in the journey that we could have been making the most of our lives and, you know, spending time with the people that matter to get to this destination that may or may not actually be fulfilling if that's not really what our, you know, our soul is calling us to do if I want to get all, all spiritual like that. So yeah, that's you're talking to someone who's completely into spirituality and stuff. So hmm. by all means, if you don't hold back, if you want to delve yeah. into what it is, then bolt, bolt, go for it. I can, yeah, definitely get on a very long tangent to do with this. Um, the show should be yeah. sponsored by tangents.com, Peter Dinkin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think that's really what podcasts are, really, you know, people getting on tangents and just going for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, have you, like, so you spoke to some of you guests about weight loss. Have you had, like, a, like you got them on and then progressed through their journey and had them on at a later point when they get to, say, like, that 20 kilos lost or whatever and check back in with them and seeing how they're going and stuff? Is that sort of what you do as well? Um, I haven't had that quite yet. Um, I haven't actually had a weight loss journey yet, but that would be a topic that would be good to have on, I think. Um, yeah, because physical health is such a, a big topic as well. Um, but have just talking through people's journeys from start to finish, because a lot of the time I think we look at these, you know, successful people and think, oh, if only I could be like that. But None of them started there and they all say, oh, you know, it's not a straight line. It's definitely not linear to get from, if we're talking even weight loss, to get from the start weight to that 20 kilos. It's such a jagged, crazy, curly line to get there. But definitely talking through people's stories from where they began, all the roadblocks that they encountered. I think that as well makes it, you know, we're all just human. We all go through the same journey and it's okay to not get to where we want to go quickly as fast as someone else might seem to. Um, and yeah, just, we're all just having this experience, at, you know, everyone goes through the same thing in a different way. Well, yeah, there's, you know, you, you're absolutely right. And things like mindfulness, you know, talking about people's journeys is that we forget to, to, to stop and go, hang on. Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, there, there are old cliches like that or what you sow is what you reap. So if you put in a heap of effort into something and it takes forever to get there, then, you know, we just, I think as humans, we want, especially in today's age where everything's accessible at the palm, you know, in, in your fingertips or whatever, in the phones or devices or whatever. But like we forget, as you said, we forget to stop and just sometimes smell the roses. It's like, well, okay, hang on. This week I've just had a, like, not, this is just an example you know, I've just had a monster breakup and like, you know, I'm devastated, but uh, my friends got to take me out and we had a really good time. So, you know, you, you, you then reminded that yes, times are tough, but at the end of the day, there's still going to be people there for me or, you know, like I'm losing this journey. I don't look not losing weight as quick as I can, but at the same time, I'm also fit as, and I've never been able to run 10 Ks in such a long, in a short time or whatever. So like, you know, that whole mindfulness thing, I think it's about small victories it's like you know so today i want to achieve and if you have the whiteboard and i have like a, a like just a so today i want to achieve abc i want to make myself the greatest toasted cheese sandwich that has ever existed or whatever it might be and i i've uh, i've been going through something myself or podcasting of course but i'm a i'm into powerlifting as well and i just can't crack that 190 kilo mark on the deadlift i'm just i'm 180 i'm close but i just can't get there and for the life of me i've tried different diets i've tried all sorts of weird and wonderful things i just can't seem to get there so i've tried four techniques but i i'm i'm reminding myself hang on well it's 
it's working because you tried something, it didn't work, but you learned something from that. So if you can put a positive spin on things when you can, then I think that the mindset could potentially be easier for you in the long run. Does that sound about right to you or am I talking? Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right in talking about that. And also, you know, it's so easy to forget how far you have come towards a goal. Even the example of powerlifting, you can't quite get the 190 now, but there would have been a time, you know, if you couldn't get the 150 or even, you know, the first time you lift 100 kilos, it's like you forget how far you've actually come when you, I guess, approach another roadblock, I suppose. Um, I think that's with, you know, any goal. Goals are great for giving us direction, but I think we get really hung up on reaching the goal and forget to even have that experience in the first place, which, you know, it's all about the journey, isn't it? Absolutely. And I, you know, and I said this before, you know, to, to anyone out there who has, you know, gone through, I, I call it autopilot, work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, repeat, and mm-hmm. is upset about their career or even like in a relationship or whatever it might be, you know, the ball legit stops with you. If you want to do something, then at least research ways to do it. And that's a small victory. If you want to buy that car, if you want to start that podcast or do that backflip or whatever it is, then a little step towards it makes it much. And the grass is green on the other side of the fence once you, after you take that leap. And um, I hear <laughs> myself for the last 15 minutes, I think I should be sponsored by Hallmark. I could be writing these cards left, right and center. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. <laughs> I love picking up a good old greeting card and just <laughs> see what's in there. <laughs> I've, I've actually learned so much off, you know, when you go to the pub and like say a new beer comes out and you see all like the the beer coasters. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was, uh, I don't know where it was. It was, it was like in orange or something like that. It was like a Tui's new one. And then a few years later, that trivia question came up and I come out with the answer. My friend's like, wow, where'd you learn that? I'm like, a beer coaster? No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) I was there. (laughs) That's so true. I love when you get the the trivia in the bottle tops as well. And you you learn all these little bits. And like you said, next minute, the trivia comes along. And somehow, you know, you don't remember what you had for breakfast this morning, but you remember what you read in that (laughs) bottle top or on that coaster 10 years ago to answer that trivia question. And this is the way the brain works. (laughs) (laughs) It's fascinating. It's like people learn two things about you. One, that you could be a a genius or two, that Mitch, you're an alco. (laughs) (laughs) Whichever way you want to look at it. (laughs) Through the bottom of the schooner glass. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. Oh, this, this, is, this is going well. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> You're probably just looking at the camera going, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> Look, I say I do enjoy a schooner myself, so definitely relate on this level. There you go. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. So, okay. So we'll, we'll take a different direction at the minute. So each week I like to get people to come in and have a good old whinge, wine, sook, um, whatever you want to call it. And this, this section is a, the idea of it is to get something off our chest and have a good old, like, you know, whine about it. it could be a first world problem, can be life-changing decision. Rachel, would you like to join me having a bitchy with Mitchie? I would love to. I don't have anything, you know, in the top of mind that I want to have a little bitch about, but hey, start, and then there's always something. <laughs> I can start things off. Let's go. This, this mouse right here, got it about six months ago. And, Right now, it is not working the way I want it to. Put a new battery in, and then half the time I've got to go with this 
like I'm so I'm using a laptop and I've got to use the mouse on here anyways. So it's like twenty dollars invested into Microsoft and I've got twenty four dollars of disappointment. So like you know this I know it seems like a first world problem, but Microsoft make your cheap shitty mouses better quality. <laughs> That is a good one. That is so funny that you say that because I've got this mouse right here and this is my, my fancy mouse from Apple that syncs with Bluetooth to my laptop, except I don't know why, but it likes to disconnect. So I do a lot of video editing and every few minutes it'll disconnect and I get a pop-up on the screen and my mouse stops working and I have to click around for a bit for it to connect again. And it really disrupts my workflow. Mm. What is it with, with computer mouse, computer mice? Computer mouses, however we want to say that. We'll, we'll call them handheld it's, disappointments. How does that sound? Yes, it is. That is all that I'm experiencing. I saw, yeah, just just doing that whole like video or audio um, rec- uh, editing. So I'm new to that as well. But like when you're going through, even just as simply as taking out like dead dead space, clicking along, clicking along. Oh, and you, I swear it grows a hand, gives me the gives me the rude finger, and just dies. It's like for fudge sake, like. Mate, what are you doing? I just help a brother out. But, yeah. you know. So another thing that sort of a lot of people come across on this, especially on this potty, is that the, the common consensus is people talk about how shitty drivers are, like um, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> cut off or ignorance or whatever. And uh, I had another incident that happened uh, this week. And I was, I've got a little soccer mum car. I've got a Hyundai i30 and it goes from zero to 104.4 years. So look Woo-hoo. out for look out for me, citizens of Curry Curry. <laughs> and um, oof. wow. I'm just realizing I'm painting myself to look like an absolute winner right now. But um <laughs> so there's a street mall here, um, straight up, straight down, and you gotta reverse park your car, um, 45 degrees to the curb. And you would be shocked as to how many people just don't give a shit. It's like this guy rocked up. I thought I swear he was drunk, just parked across three spaces, got out, just like looked at me, and he did like the what, what did I do wrong? What are you looking at me for? Look, I'm like, you got to be kidding, are you? Like over three spaces, I crossed them, not backed into it. And then he looked at me like I was at, at fault. And I just <laughs> thought, oh, this place is crushing my soul. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. That is, oh, yep. That is definitely another one. Um, so in my local area, I have an underground car park at our Woolies. And it's one direction because otherwise... We can't fit two cars going past each other. It's not a very big space. And there's one-way signs everywhere. There's arrows on the ground. You can't misinterpret the way you're meant to drive through this underground car park, I would imagine. But the amount of people that pull a sneaky and go the wrong way and then continue to circle all the way around and cause a log jam in this underground car park. Oh, yep. That is my frustration. So I end up walking to the shops more often than not. You see, you see how good does it feel to get this out there in the world? Yeah, something I haven't been able to vent to anyone yet. So, well, good. mate, if you have more, please, please go while we're on while we're on this uh, absolute flow. What else have you got? Anything come to mind? Uh, another another first world problem that happened to me yesterday. Again, doing my video editing and. Your laptop, it, it nags you about doing updates until eventually it just decides that it's going to do the updates. You can't keep pressing postpone anymore. So I thought, okay, cool. I'll 10 minute update and we'll be sweet. 
And then it decided to take the entire day to do this massive system update and I couldn't do any work or anything on my laptop for the next six hours. <laughs> so that threw my week out, as you can imagine. I didn't have any, any you know, podcasts or anything that day, so it wasn't too detrimental, but it just threw out the whole day and the whole week just waiting for about six hours when it said 13 minutes remaining <laughs> and then continued being black. Yep. First world problems. You see, you see, this is why I do this. One, because it's good stress relief. Two, people will probably laugh at it. Yep. And three, <laughs> brings everyone together. The, the church of the bitchy with Mitchy. It's a, it does. I think we all need a really good bitch session every now and again. So good segment. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Mitch Kelly and good night. Matt. Um, no, I, I, um, it's funny. No matter where we are in the world, whether it's Brizzy, Curry Curry, London, I spoke to a lady from Pretoria, South Africa. Love that accent, by the way. But like the amount of selfishness that people have in them when they're behind the wheel of a, of a, of a vehicle, it's just, it's <laughs> crazy. Like, so I told this story once before, we're traveling to work with two of my workmates. And uh, as we're going, I'm in the back just texting and then whatever. It's about six o'clock in the morning and the town we have to go through, but one set of lights, and um, we're about, I don't know, five minutes out of this town. It goes from 100 to a 60 zone. All I feel is this stop, start, stop, start. Like, what, what's going on here? And the guy driving the car, he's just like, this, this fucking idiot behind us. He keeps high beaming us. And if he doesn't stop, I'm going to get him and punch his shit at him. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> so this is going on, stop, start. I'm like, if you keep this shit up, I'm going to reach over there and slap you across the melon. And like, I was thinking I'm going to have whiplash by the time I get to work. So we finally <laughs> goes, this guy doesn't stop, but I'm going to, I'm going to get out and smash him. Right. Are you rock ape? No, you won't. And like legit guy behind us, high vehement and carrying on like the biggest pork chop you've ever seen. We finally get the lights, chucks in the park, rips the handbrake up and it does the Terry tough nut walk, you know, chest out. Boom, boom, boom. So my driving's about six foot one, pretty, pretty tall dude. We call him Barry biceps because he's overcompensating. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to smash this bloke and I'm right, oh, mate. And me and the other guy have looked around like, you know, like, <gasps> like in awe of just taking it all in. And um, our, the bloke driving, I won't name him, just looking up and down, rips his door open, points at him, shuts the door, proceeds to walk hastily back to the car and we drive off. I'm like, <laughs> what was that about? Who are you going to smash him? He goes, fucking was. Then I realized he looked like a big married bloke and all I could do was apologize for the way I was driving. <laughs> oh, that's <was> classy. <laughs> and it was funny later that shift, all the, if there's anything wrong with your piece of gear in the mine, you just report it to maintenance and the supervisor. Just say, Hey, I'm just going to be down for a bit due to ABC. He goes, you there, you there, uh, production four. Yeah, gotcha. I right, just to let you know, my offside door won't shut on this cab properly. I've got to wait for maintenance to come and fix it. And all you hear is my other car mate just go, did you try apologizing to it, you dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, and a few, of course, you told a few people at start. I'm like, guess what happened? Guess what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and... Oh, oh, that's great. And for a while there, it was just, nickname was Door Jam. It was great. <laughs> Don't you just love Aussies and we give everyone just the best, most appropriate nicknames? <laughs> I, I was talking to, uh, when I was talking to Elizabeth in the last episode, she, her bitchy was like rude shopkeeps. I'm like, 
and she said, oh, you know, I was in a shop, you know, England was in lockdown and we we're out of three people. I didn't know the other person was there. He's like, get out, out, wait your turn. And she's like, I just got attitude. I'm like, if only you had an Australian there. And I taught her some great put downs. I said, one, how much are you paid champion? Well, why does that matter? Clearly it's not enough to act like a professional. Two, you call someone gravity because they just bring you down. And I think three was like, oh, I can't remember, but I was in the zone. And I was like, go Mitchie, go Mitch. And she's like, yeah. she's like, I need you over here. You need to be my like my consultant. I said, anytime, any place, I will happily get it, get it uh, stand up for you. And um, she's like, I'm using that. Like, please do. Um, yes, please do. <laughs> when I, I lived in England for uh, for not quite twelve months, I lived yeah, up in Liverpool for a time. And um, my nickname in the share house was Convict because you know, I'm Australian. You know, it makes sense. And uh, I would just hear this. Uh, Barney was from uh, was from uh, Blackpool, so close by. He says, oh, oi, Mitch, yeah. what's this I hear that you got a problem with me? I'm like, well, for starters, I've got a problem with you because you were an absolute dickhead. And two, what's this I hear you're starting to call me convict? He said, well, that's what you are. Okay, well, you know what you are? You are a human handbrake. You just hold people back to their full potential. <laughs> <laughs> you just... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> he looked at me, he goes bloody Australians yeah but it was cool like the camaraderie it was it was good fun and I do miss those times and shout outs yeah. to you if you're all listening you dickheads um <laughs> yeah <laughs> so good Alrighty. so where so before we go um I'll post all your socials underneath but could you just tell us where we can catch you on the socials and your website and um, all that sort of thing please yeah so you can find me at thatcameragirl.com or please connect with me on Instagram at it'll be that underscore camera girl. We post lots of fun stuff there talking about mostly camera confidence, but also paying out how we all are in front of the camera. A lot of, you know, Instagram versus reality type stuff. So yep. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find me. You heard it here first folks. Plenty of places, (laughs) plenty of places to find Rachel. And uh, I'm I'm legit in need of some help with my um, like videoing and stuff like that. So I'm going to be hitting you up because all I've got now is some socials. I haven't invested in a website yet because I'm still figuring out how to do the bloody thing. But like mm-hmm. to get some to get some like video content out there and promote it. So I will be hitting you up in the next little while. Absolutely, look forward to it. But yeah, so I um will wrap things up there shortly. But thanks for coming on today. It's an interesting story you've got there. And, um, you know, it's, it's always nice if I can make someone laugh. So go me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's so good. Such a, um, I just love the, the laid back, relaxed feel of your show. It was a good time. Thank you for having me on. Not a problem at all. So that's episode 25, I believe. So and, uh, thanks for coming on today and I'll, uh, I'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Actually, whoopsie. I mean, that's episode 26. My bad. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>